Hello, podcast listeners. It's Rob Adamson. First time making a podcast called uh, Fireside uh, Principal. My goal of this podcast is to speak with other principals, other um, education leaders, and try and get some good ideas off of them and try and uh, keep people connected. Wanted to do this to see if I had the capacity to do it and wanted an excuse to talk to other good education um, educational leaders. So my uh, first guest is Stan Good. Uh, he goes through some of the things on his uh, in his introduction. Stan's an amazing person, was a principal for 18 years in administration for 20. Um, very inspirational person. Uh, didn't talk a lot about some of his health things, but he alluded to it. But Stan has overcome a whole lot and uh, just a fantastic person, very positive. If you um, are wanting someone to talk to your staff to get a positive message out or make people just feel good about being in education and what a difference they can make, highly recommend um, having Stan come talk with your staff as he has done with mine. So without further ado, um, I'm going to turn it over to Stan. Um, apologies, the audio is a little bad. I'm trying to figure this out. Uh, we had an echo going for a while, but I did figure out what the problem was and was able to remedy it. Thank you. Let's 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 start. Let's start. Okay. So Stan, thank you for for joining me as I try and figure out how to do a podcast. The the purpose of wanting to do this was I wanted to see if I could figure out how to do a podcast and then grow my skill set and capacity uh, for doing podcasts and talk with people smarter than me to figure out ideas as to how to be a good principal and be a good school leader during a, a pretty difficult time. So. Can you start by uh, telling us a little bit about your uh, background as a principal, your experience, and, and what you're doing now? Sure. First of all, I didn't know there was anybody smarter than you, so that's kind of set me back a little bit. But um, as I process that, yeah, I, uh, after college, went into business for about 10 years and uh, was still trying to find myself, figure out what I wanted to do, and went back and got my teaching degree and started teaching third grade up in a little town of Winnemac, Indiana. Taught third grade for four years and fourth grade for one year. And then as I was doing that, I was getting my administrative license. My superintendent had asked me to consider that. And I loved the classroom. I loved teaching. That was a highlight, but I also... Uh, trusted him and decided to look at being an administrator. So I was an assistant principal at an elementary school for two years. And then my superintendent approached me about joining uh, the middle school as principal. And they had been through a lot of principals in a short time. And I could tell the staff just needed some continuity. And so I took that and was there for I guess, 18 years at the middle school before I retired and moved down to Indianapolis area and got to know the director at that time of the Central Indiana Educational Service Center. And he asked me if I would kind of do life, mentor, if you will, uh, with principals and just kind of do life, just listen and be supportive. And uh, so... I believe this is my third year, maybe fourth. I don't know, but uh, 
just uh, loving it. So I work with 10 school corporations around the Indianapolis area and just I get a lot more than I give and just uh, having a blast. I know you and I have been talking for several years now. I transitioned to my role and I really appreciate and I've uh, learned uh, a great deal about you. Um, I know you have some, a lot of other life experiences and, and things. Um, you were involved with the crossing for a while. Yeah. Uh, after I retired, I retired from public education. I got to know the director of an organization called The Crossing, and they were doing alternative high schools for at-risk students, kids that were just kind of either falling through the cracks or had kind of given up and it was a little bit of a unique uh, approach at that time to get him involved with a half a day of school and, and then try to get him gainfully employed in the other half. And uh, yeah, so that was actually the reason I moved to Indianapolis and it's how I got to know uh, your superintendent and another superintendents and some judges and people because there were a lot of people trying to figure that out. And so, yeah, I had a, that was a, blessing at that time and at that same time uh, developed some medical issues and so that really limited my ability to to go full go for eight hours a day so right and yeah that's the the crossing though it just kind of I think this it's a really neat program I know I was a little bit involved with that but um, just kind of there's some similarities to kind of the crossing and then also the pandemic of how do you reach the kids that are falling through the cracks because the number of kids that are falling through the going way up. So I wanted to ask you, um, we'll get back to that, but just in general, what are the some positive things that you're seeing or hearing that schools around the state and schools that you're working with are doing to try and help get kids engaged and help people still learn during a pandemic? Yeah, I think uh, I've gotten to see a lot of creativity by a lot of people, and I think those students that are at their most risk, it's also a great opportunity for teachers that are willing to go way outside the box or way beyond minimum expectations of what they need to do right now, but I think there's a lot of our most at-risk students that are really desperate for attention for knowing that somebody cares about them. Uh, it's hard to imagine for me because I was brought up with two parents in a great situation, but there's a lot of kids that this is not a good thing. I would have loved having a break from school when I was that age, but for a lot of kids, it's a scary time because you have a lot of parents that are ill-equipped to know how to handle kids 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And so uh, yeah, I've seen some amazing things where teachers have set up a schedule and and just drive by a stu certain student's house and honk the horn, just letting them know, hey, I'm here for you. And there's no no contact, but they see the teacher drive by, they honk the horn. I know other teachers that have dropped off a, a dozen cookies and just put them on the front porch and just said, hey, just thinking about you. And and there's just so many, so many different ways with Zoom meetings and different type of meetings just to, to see people's face. And I think the biggest thing is, especially uh, with this time of unknown, is it's not okay not to do anything because that's a bad message. And so 
you know, I, I love the fact that the superintendents I work with have been very vocal, at least to me, that they're allowing their principals and their teachers to to not always get it right because this is new territory. And so even though I didn't like science when I was in school, I regret that. But one of the things I was always intrigued by is that as a profession, scientists were allowed to get it wrong. Like they were allowed to try something and if it didn't work, that was just their way of knowing, okay, that doesn't work now. Let's try a different way. And, and I think it's that same mentality. Like there's not a one size fits all, just like in the classroom. But to me, teachers that really get it, I mean, yeah, they're probably working harder in some respects than they ever did because it is a little bit harder to make sure we're connecting and contacting, but, but there are ways to do it. And I think soon we'll be able to maybe be in front of five or 10 people. And then, you know, what can we do within the rules of our school corporation? Can we meet with two or three kids? Can we meet with one kid? Can we care for their family? And, you know, whether it's milk and eggs or whether it's toilet paper or whether it's just a handwritten note. I, I've received numerous handwritten notes in the last three or four weeks. And these are people that are position wise, very high up. And it's like, I'm just impressed that they took the time to do that. And uh, so there's no excuse for not keep trying and keep trying and then share great ideas with other teachers or your colleagues, like, Hey, I'm doing this, this works. And, and so uh, I've been really encouraged, really encouraged by what I'm seeing. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, I, I think one of the coolest things the is, coolest um, things is um, hearing from my teacher that they're teacher writing a lot of notes and the, the and feedback of the, the, the kids like the notes and how like cool they think that is. So I, that yeah, is there's a lot of really cool yeah, stuff going on. Really cool stuff going on. I, I think one thing you I talked about is a great opportunity. great opportunity. I think for better or worse, better or worse this has provided a lot of good opportunities, which good is a weird thing to say given all the circumstances. But like, I know I just got off the phone with a third grade teacher that is loving making these videos. And her kids are making all kinds of videos and they're acting. My five-year-old makes videos and her um, classmates and preschool classes. Um, so it, it's been pretty pretty cool so um along that lines have there been like a in for an unforeseen positive or something that you think is going to be good that comes out of all of this stuff with regards to education well i think one thing it's going to help parents uh those same parents that were really happy when the first day of school came around i think some parents are going to help them realize how much more than just reading, writing, arithmetic schools have done and just how much they've cared for their students. I think it's kind of evolved and all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, you're providing meals and you're providing counseling and medical. And, and, and I think, you know, in kind of an unfortunate, but maybe a good way that I think a lot of teachers, a lot of people in general are going to appreciate how much uh, teachers have done for their students and for their families in many cases. Um, I hope it makes all of us appreciate just being in somebody's presence. Uh, I, I hope, you know, again, we get unintentionally sloppy, like we just take it for granted. And uh, I, I hope this causes everyone to just you know, reboot a little bit and realize that, you know, we're never promised another day. Like, man, we should be grateful for each and every day and 
give it everything we got. And at the end of the day, kind of refocus on what did we do good? What didn't we do good? And then just get a good night's rest and go at it again tomorrow. And uh, I, I hope that's what this does for us. I hope that's a long lasting positive effect. Yeah, I, I, th- I think uh, the pace of life slowing down has definitely been an unforeseen positive. I am really enjoying my children right now and just the fact that like I can, I almost get eight hours of sleep right now. I would have never done that before this. Um, and I do think a lot of people are, are building their capacity and things that they want planning on doing doing. like trying to make a podcast podcast yeah yeah um what what do you think are the the biggest challenges challenges or the hardest things that schools are going to do have to face when we come back back, or as we go through this this whole crisis crisis yeah i i mean without thinking deeply about it my first thought is schools have been so driven and, and and for good reason but Maybe it's gotten a little carried away, but so driven on making sure we get maximum learning. And again, how we document that and all that. But how do we get that maximum learning every day for 180 days? And then we're going to test kids and we're going to see how they did. So this is going to put a wrench in that a little bit because every school's in the same boat. Like there's no way, at least I wouldn't think there's any way to assure that we're getting the same teaching, learning online as we are face-to-face. I, I, I don't see any possible way. It doesn't mean we can't do things better, different, but overall, I think that's going to be one of the questions that schools are going to have to deal with, like what's day one, what's day seven going to look like next school year if we can come back and re, you know get back into the old routine of six and a half hours a day. How, how are we going to do that? Because a second grader may not know everything that most years they do know and so how long are we going to spend in making sure they knew all the requirements from the year before and so again and the thing that I want to tell you and I want to tell every teacher is you don't have to be superman or superwoman right now you don't have to be perfect you don't have to get it all right you know, that's different than not giving it your all or trying everything or trying new things or trying different things. But we have to allow ourselves and our students, they may fall short of 100%. You know, the state has said schools, we're not going to hold you accountable this year. We're not going to give you a grade. At least that's my understanding. And so I hope, you know, superintendents are doing that with their administrators. And I hope administrators are doing that with their teachers and teachers are doing that with their students. Like, it's okay. It's okay if you don't get it perfect. What a neat thing to, at the end of the year, be able to tell kids, great job. And again, I know every school doing different things and how are you going to grade kids and all that. And to me, I don't even care about that. In other words, what a great thing to tell a student, great job. You know, we've never were prepared for this, totally prepared for it. And you did a great job. Could they do better? Sure. Could a teacher do better? Sure. Could a principal do better? Yeah, I get that. But what would be wrong with just telling a kid, great job. I'm really proud of how you handle it. And I can't wait to have you back at school next year. And maybe schools should start the first two days in their old class before they move them on, other than the oldest grade. I don't know. But I think there's some interesting things, you know, that schools are going to have the 
option to doing. I mean, nobody's done it before. So what would it look like if the first day of school, they went to their old grade and then you moved them the second? I, I don't know. I just, I don't know what the right thing. And the good news is I don't think there's going to be a one size fits all. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. I, I think it's, uh, it is kind of liberating and free to, it's kind of, a, it, it's a true blank slate. It's because um, we have, there are no expectations. There's um, what, there's just a nonstop stream of unknown questions that everybody's in the same boat trying to figure out um, what do we do now? What's the best thing to do? Um, so there is kind of something liberating about that. And I really appreciate what you said about grades because I've been something I've been trying to relate to my staff as well. Um, if you're a person that used grades as a form of motivation, um, I don't think that was ever a best practice, but now it certainly isn't because that's, um, you know, that, that kid's however many miles away and not face to face. He doesn't, they don't care what the grade is. And some schools have even uh, basically given participation grades or, or not even participation grades. They're just carrying over the other grades. So uh, right now it's more about relationships more than ever and how you kind of build it when you don't get a, get to see any kid. Um, so yeah, pretty, pretty interesting stuff. Um, do you have, uh, do you had any uh, hobbies or any passions that uh, now that life looks different that you've taken up here? I know your circumstances are a little different than others, but that is again, going back, you, you, you said this is a great opportunity for some people right now. I, uh, have you had an opportunity to start any hobbies or any passion projects of your own? <laughs> I think my wife must have called you ahead of time because uh, <laughs> she she just said something recently that she wishes I had a hobby. But Rob, my hobby is people, and so uh, I don't do woodworking or I don't. Uh, I just I really don't have a lot of hobbies. Uh, I haven't watched a lot of TV, although I watched uh, the Michael Jordan beginning of that last night and. That was great for me because that was a that was a time when my son was about your son's age in the beginning of the Michael Jordan era and taking him to Chicago and Indianapolis to see Michael play numerous times. And, you know, that was really fun for me to to watch that. But I've made a decision that one or two days a week I'm going to get out and I'm going to do it carefully. I'm going to, I met with your old superintendent, your former, excuse me, not old, your former superintendent. I met with him last Wednesday and, and uh, a couple of your colleagues that you know from Beach Grove. And uh, this Wednesday, I'm going to Westfield and Avon and going to just meet with a couple of superintendents, just one-on-one, -on -one, six feet away. And, and that helps me. And Saturday, I made a little trip and got to see 10 of my 14 grandkids uh didn't get to hug them so it was almost painful but i got to see them and got to shoot baskets with my seven-year-old who celebrated his birthday and that's what he wanted to do is shoot baskets so we did that and uh and so yeah so my hobby is people and the fact that i'm doing these kind of things or i've done zoom meetings when a month ago i didn't even know what a zoom meeting was and uh yeah i uh for most days, I stay pretty engaged with people. Uh, on days I don't, then I've got to fight the onset of depression or am I worth anything? And so that's, it's been a good challenge for me. It's been a good reminder. 
Uh, I think you and I are wired pretty similar. I am, I am 100% a people person. And yeah, I went from not knowing what a Zoom meeting was to uh, scheduling two to three every single day. Uh, and it's given me a good opportunity. I, I'm connecting with uh, friends that I used to not see because they moved far away. But now I, every every Wednesday or every Saturday, I'm meeting with friends. And then I'm still trying to meet with staff. And um, my teachers are all having some sort of digital hangout with their, their students. And I pop into... Good. I've been able to pop into all of them, but I pop into almost all of them. Good. Uh, they've got to meet my kids because, uh, you know, everybody's also a teacher and a parent at the same time right now. So my kids join in Zoom meetings when uh, from time to time. And good. It, uh, it's been fun. So, yeah. Um, let's see. I wanted you uh I, I wanted to ask one more question here and and then we'll I'll, I'll let you go appreciate your time do you have any good fun or funny uh school stories from your 20-year career or a favorite story of yours that's uh, kind of lighthearted or, or or fun that you want to share oh let's see probably one i can think of was probably my first or second year teaching my first year teaching um i was getting frustrated with spelling words in my class and so i made the stupid agreement that if they would all get a perfect any week they would all get a perfect thing uh i would go out and our football field was right out our window like you could see the football field and the track from our window and I said I would go out there and run one lap around the track with just gym shorts on no shirt no shoes and they could pick the day in other words it could be a rainy day whatever that would be so third graders they thought that was really cool and yeah the very first week they did it and the very next week I ran my lap in about two degree weather in the snow and, uh, but I found out real quickly that, again, I wasn't going to do that every week, but motivation and relationship, and they go hand in hand. Uh, I remember doing an evaluation with my third grader just towards the end of the year. And one of the questions was something to do with rewards. And I had bought candy and suckers and all kinds of different things when they did certain things to earn rewards and Nine, over 90% of them, when they got to answer that question, said, eating lunch with you. That would be the reward they would pick. And it's like, I never did that. And it's like, that wouldn't cost me anything. And mm. it just hit me really hard that, yeah, they want what we all want. They want somebody's attention. They want somebody to listen to them. And, and that changed me. It changed me uh, dramatically. And, uh, yeah, so those are things that stick out to me. And I could talk for hours and hours about all the, the great stories from uh, really probably my most severe at risk student, the first year I ever taught and how just a few years ago, she reconnected and asked my wife and I to walk her down the aisle when she got married because she felt like I was able to help save her life. And I didn't do anything any different than what all your teachers do. I just cared about her and, and loved her and taught her and and for some reason 
20 years later, it mattered to her enough that she asked me to walk her down the aisle. And that's something I'll never forget. Like that, that every teacher that you have, and they need to understand this, they have tremendous power and they can use it for good, use it for bad or not use it at all. But it's a gift. It's a gift that they have been entrusted. And uh, even though these next weeks are going to be more challenging, I just want to encourage them not to give up not to give up making those connections because what if I'm just guessing Rob, if 20 years from now, well, I won't be around, but 20 years from now, if you would see students from this era in elementary and you would ask them as a 25, 30 year old, Hey, tell me one thing you remember about school. I'm guessing a handful, if not more are going to remember this. They're going to remember something about this time in their educational life. And it could be really a positive thing, could be a negative thing. I don't know what, but we have an opportunity that we may never get again. And we have a lot of kids, especially those that are not in some great situations, being at home all the time. They're counting on us. They're counting on you and they're counting on your teachers to, to be there for them. Yeah, I, 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 one you gave me a really great idea. I think I'm going to start doing. Uh, you want to run around the track in the winter? Good. No, oh. no, I'm going to keep gonna keep my clothes on. Oh. We we don't have a track that. Uh, that Otherwise, you would. Yeah. I know. Yeah. No. Um, I'll do a, a Zoom lunch with a principal because I, I I think you know we've talked a lot about uh, relationship building and and just trying to make connections and I think the worst thing that anyone can be during this time is apathetic because. Um, you know, we haven't social emotional is something that was, you know, I, I worry a lot about with my school and I worry a lot about with kids. And right now you can't put something on Google classroom for social emotional. I mean, you can, but your, your target audience probably is the kid that doesn't have the Wi-Fi or doesn't have the device. And I just feel like getting that lesson across of social emotional is so so much more challenging right now than what it, what it would be because I mean, they're if they're having problems at home, they're not getting away from it. Right, it, it, it's there nonstop. But I, I think your message of you know this is a great opportunity is uh, very very true. I think this is a great opportunity. I, I'm excited to try and expand and and, and grow my horizon because it's you know it's a blank blank slate. We're all trying to learn what a school is now, yep. what the school do until whenever we get to come back, hopefully soon. But, you know, we're not really in charge of that. Yep. So, well, Stan, I appreciate you uh, talking with me. I like talking with you all the time. I'm going to uh, press stop and see if this even worked. And I'm going to keep you on the, the, the other platform so we can debrief. But thank you very much for coming on. All right. You're welcome.